Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Initech. No, you're working at Initech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars... Hello, Hulk Bay, Jacks. A little late this morning. Traffic issues, all kinds of issues this morning for some reason, but here we are. Andrew on the board, and we, we have Mr. Kevin. Somewhere he's there. I heard something. I, I said good morning. How are you? I didn't hear you the first time, but good morning. How are you? I am doing all right. The uh, Today's big, big travel day. You're traveling today, right? I'm actually traveling tomorrow. Uh, that makes more sense. Early, early morning? Uh, yeah. Yeah, fairly early. Well, then you're going to California. Yeah, I'll, so be out, I'll be out around noon, but that means i got to, you know, I'm driving to Midway, so... Uh, um, you know, oh. I'll I'll be traveling in the morning. So you're not uh, you're not doing the seven a.m. shtick like some oh. people do on Thanksgiving oh, Day. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, there you go. What? Uh, so you're flying southwest to California? I'm actually flying southwest to Las Vegas. There you go. Are you on one of the new planes? Do you know? Uh, I think I'm on a seven thirty seven Max. Uh, you know, I hear they're great. Yeah, when they get there, they are, I hear. <laughs> Just saying. Well, as the expression goes, you know, any landing is a good landing. So uh, let, let's go for the... Yeah, I, I actually didn't check to see which model I'm flying. I should. Um, but too late now. I'm committed. Yep. SP Future's up 9. SP Future's up 59. We had NVIDIA was down last night a little bit after... Um, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. I was... Uh, it shows you how difficult it is to, pr- to predict in this industry, Kevin. The... Straddle was actually sneaking down to thirty-seven bucks in Nvidia, and the last time it moved like sixty, seventy, more than that, maybe even maybe even eighty. And all these stocks have been moving way more than the straddle would indicate, especially the retail stocks. Some way up, some way down, which is even scarier. So last night Nvidia came out and it was just kind of a a dud, even though their their earning, their uh, revenue was way up. But then again, they the stock has been priced as if it was going to go up, so it went up and. Uh, and then uh, now all of a sudden it's it's uh, up a little bit. So it was down four last night when I left. Now it's up five. So uh, the straddle was thirty-seven dollars. So in this case, the uh, straddle seller was a big winner, uh, at least so far. Well, well I'm sure you uh, you bet that way yesterday, and so everything is uh, you and all your clients are rich. Um, I, eh, I usually do the calendar spreads, and they were three bucks. That's that was uh, way too high. So we we sat this one out. I didn't really have an opinion on the direction. Although they, I think their their CEO is is one of the best uh, either faces on TV of a company. You're talking about how how well they're doing, or he's or he's a two bit carny huckster, one or the other. Maybe a little bit of both. You have to be the yeah, CEO. Yeah, they are not mutually exclusive. So. Uh, no, no. So uh, the uh, we have uh, 
you know, some weird news yesterday. We've got the, the Binance chairman. By the way, your, your buddy Sam Altman is back at, at CEO. Was he worked for Microsoft for two days? Now he's back at OpenAI after the board quit? Yeah, so either uh, either that's uh, an interesting remedy and that's all he ever wanted in the first place, or Microsoft must be the worst place on earth to work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's... Got a load of the joint and two days later he's saying, oh, take me back. Well, you know, the board's job is to hire and fire this, the CEO. I mean, that's basically what they're supposed to do, even though that has been so screwed up lately by the CEO picking the board, which is, you know, not exactly the way you want that to happen. But, uh, I mean, the, the idea that he gets canned and, uh, you know, people have this little minor revolt, the board, I don't, who knows what he did to get booted. I mean, it's not been publicized, but so then the board quits and he's back in. I Something, something's wrong here, Kevin. Something's seriously wrong. You think, that you think we're wagging the dog here? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, it, it may be, you know, I, I don't know the whole story of it, so, you know, there there may be an angle to that where he's actually the good guy. It's possible. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of assuming nobody's the good guy. You know, when, when you get these kinds of political battles in companies, it usually works out that neither side wins. Somebody's going to take a short-term victory, um, but you don't get down the road very far and you find that everybody's out. So, um, you know, I, I don't know how this particular one is going to shape out because I really haven't followed it closely enough. But, uh, you know, that if it's pro forma to, uh, um, you know, to what happens uh, in so many cases, nobody's going to be there in six months. Well, the from my well, I won't say brief experience, my one board experience at CBOE, I was there for six years. These these boards, you know, especially with the, the chairman essentially picking the outside people, which is which is so screwed up when you think about it. Uh, and at the brief story, the CBOE, there was a nominating committee for the board for the people that were on the trading floor some some members of the trading floor were on the board, and there were people who were industry people that were on the board. And I think the nominating committee, they definitely had interviews for the people who were on the floor. Okay, and then uh, you could run from the outside if you wanted. But then I think they had something to do with the people from the from the uh, member firm c- group. But I'm sure, you know, if, if they sent the head of you know some big schmuck up in Merrill Lynch, he wouldn't be the top guy running Merrill Lynch. Not on the CBO board, but he'd be a guy somewhere down the chain, but a pretty serious guy. Maybe the guy who ran their options division or something. and uh, Or a lady. And uh, I think the nominating committee would pretty much rubber stamp them. But the chairman, the people who are supposed to be above reproach are the outside board members. Those are the people who usually are in charge of, like, the compensation committee or they're in charge of the, uh, what's the, uh, we'll spank you committee. The, uh, The one that's supposed to be in charge of like all the uh, bad stuff, there's a name for it. In charge of the bad stuff, I mean like disciplinary. Or well, no, I mean they're the person that relations. What are you talking about? They're supposed to be the person that watches out to make sure everybody does everything right. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that, that's what uh, what's his name's wife was at Enron, Phil Graham. <laughs> and, good job. Yeah, good job. Uh, anyway, there, there's there's a name for it. It'll, it'll come to me or somebody will text us one or the other, and. Uh, I mean, what's his name was at it? Uh, what's his What's his name? Uh, Big Jim Thompson was at it. Uh, was Was that guy at the uh, Hollinger? And the guy went to jail. Remember the guy who was at the big parties over in uh, in France where they had the ice sculpture where the margaritas were were 
were coming out of the ice, scu- ice sculpture's penis. <laughs> How, was it, and he was t- that's the guy that finally got him for taking the paintings to uh, New Jersey, so you don't pay tax on him. Remember that guy? I, I don't, but they, 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 they own the I'll Sun. Take t- your word for it. It sounds like something I would remember. They uh they they, they own the Sun Times. Back in the day, anyway, the uh, that, that that those people, the chairman just brought them out, you know, and, and most of them were pretty good guys. But but boards are are designed to be so collegial that you never you never vote against a pay increase. You never, if you do, you know, you're 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 the admin out, and everybody stares at you. And it's from from day one, you know, you go up to get coffee, and people introducing yourself, and one of the outside board guys is. Patting you on the back, good to meet you. We're glad to have you in the group. You know, it's it's unreal, the the enclosure of the of the of the walls when you get in there. So to have something like this happen, because he he had to be part of picking this board. In, in my experience, anyway, I mean they they didn't just show up and shake hands and say we're well, a new board member. So he had to be part of picking this board. So something really weird has to happen for them to out the guy, and then then all of a sudden he. You know, he has his big shtick with the people in the place, and all of a sudden the board's out and he's back in. I, I, I can't, from my experience, I can't even imagine how that could happen, Kevin. Well, the the one thing that I did pick up about it was that he was going to take a whole bunch of people with him, um, and you know that that may have been part of the equation. It may be that you know he should have been uh, forced out. But if he's built this loyalty, you know, through the ranks, and all of a sudden you have, uh, you know, all of your talent, which is really all a tech company is about, is who, who what kind of talent do I have? Uh, and, and they're all going to leave. Then someone's going to say, boy, did you misread the room here. Well, uh, these guys... So, it, you know, it, it, it could be it could be a lot of things, and I, I just haven't paid close enough attention to tell you exactly. I, well, I just, from, one, from my experience, I just can't understand how the dynamic worked out, because if, if, they, if they didn't have a place to go, they weren't all going to quit. Nobody's going to get those kinds of jobs somewhere. I mean, Microsoft essentially offered them a home, at least long enough to maintain the fight. If, if, there, was, if there were no takers, they wouldn't all quit, I don't think. But, you know, who knows? But the thing of it is, Kevin, you know, you you wonder when you get these celebrity CEOs that are so in love with themselves. Some of them, you know, I guess are Edison. You know, they actually are the people who they're the drug company guy who actually who actually created the drug that that the company's built on and all that kind of stuff. You know, they they you know they 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 cut their teeth in the lab or whatever. Some of these guys never did anything. Did anything. They're just they're just a celebrity CEO. And maybe the board figures, you know, you know, the board could figure, hey, we're paying this guy, God knows what. He he sold his shares. I think he somebody told me he sold his, some of his shares. He sold his shares. But this one's privately held, I think. So this is probably isn't a case here. But you know, he sold his shares up there, and, and the guy doesn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, it, it's very possible. I mean, he may not be Steve Jobs. He just might be some guy there that everybody thinks is doing something that isn't. I mean, oh, you, you never know. I don't know. Just speculating. But yeah, when look when it's the uh, usually when it's the inventor, the you know the kind of the driving force behind the creativity, um, that person is usually not uh, not necessarily the right person to be your CEO. But it is because it's the person who also owns most of the company or owns the lion's share. Um, but it's you know it's also the skill set to to be the creator of something and the skill set to run the going concern are very different things and not everybody has both 
some people just don't have any feeling for the politics, and I don't I don't mean that in necessarily a, a negative sense, other than you, you know you you've got to take care of a lot of people, a lot of egos. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot to manage in that role, and if you know, a, a lot of the tech people just aren't that good at it. Well, yeah, I, I get, but again, at the Siebel, my experience level, we had the chairman was Alger B. Duke Chapman, who went to Fordham, uh, good guy, and he was not really interested in the the day to day stuff. He was the Washington guy, making sure that every, you know, that. You know, they didn't sneak a legislative piece through it that, that uh, didn't destroy options and that kind of thing. And, and he and he was he knew everybody, knew everybody from Europe, and that that was his job. And but he, Chuck Henry was the president. Yeah, but then he got he got us chief operating officer. And, and Chuck was absolutely terrific, absolutely terrific. And and the two of them were they they worked incredibly well together. But everything in the build the building, this this they have the money, you name it, the controllers, all those people worked for Chuck. I didn't, there wasn't a bad person there, and Chuck was one of the nicest, decent human beings I ever met. I mean, but they had a, a totally separate skill set. Kind of. I mean, I actually think Chuck could have stepped up and done the other stuff. He just didn't want to. You know, I mean, because when Duke quit, I really I wanted Chuck to take the job, but he didn't. Uh, anyway, but I mean, the dynamics are so bizarre in these play, they're, and they're all different. I'm sure, right? Depending on the people. Yeah, but that's you know, look, if someone who's really. Uh, you know, a good leader and the right person to lead your company is actually building it that way. And, it, it, you know, some do, some don't. It, it just, it varies from one to the next. Some people have the sense to do that and some don't. Um, you know, I, I can tell you from personal experiences, I would build up my teams um, at, at a department level. I wanted people who were nothing like me. Well, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I, I always wanted, you know, other skills um, pe- and frankly, people who did the things that I either wasn't inclined to do, or that I just wasn't good at doing. I, you know, I'm not the world's most detail-oriented person, for example. You know, if if, if I have something I have to do that is really a detail-oriented task to do, uh, it, you know, I'll find it'll take me two hours to get started because I'm going to find every other thing to do that uh, instead of that, I, you know, oh, maybe I better check my email again, you know, something like that, um, and and you know what, I probably should look online just to make sure nothing's nothing's going to happen in the next couple of hours that, uh, uh, you know, it, I mean, it, it's stupid things, now once I'm in, I'm in, you know, then okay, I'm fine, I'll, I'll take the deep dive and I won't come up for air, but, uh, you know, that's not my inclination, and I surely loved having people who would do that instead. Uh, that that really worked for me, you know. So um, it, it, that's just one example. But you know, I wanted skills that uh, that I didn't have, knowledge that I didn't have, all of those kinds of things. And uh, you know, I I think a lot of people are like that. They understand succession. They understand uh, you know how to how to make up a team like that. But there's a lot that don't. What uh, what do you what do you make of uh Let's shift off this topic. I mean, we were listening um, yesterday, I think, with, we were talking about the uh, market. We're going to talk more about this with Russell. We had the two charts that uh, Greg came up with. That um, came up with. I mean, he, Greg helps us out a lot. And one was the commodity to equity ratio, and one was the amount of amount of the uh, percentage of the S&P that the top 10 stocks had. And we were like at the, you know, the tip top again. Um, 
nowhere near as bad as the 70s when the Nifty 50 were almost the whole market. And then, of course, 2000 was a, a huge spike. Now, we're, those, those kinds of charts, Kevin, I mean, you're not a trader necessarily, but the other one was the uh, <clears throat> price of commodities to the price of equities is at a 50-year low. So you, you, you do wonder, um, these things, you're never, hopefully, nobody's ever going to run out and, and do a trade based on these things because, God, even if, even if, you, if, it, if it's a good indicator, it might be five years early. Um, but you wonder, when you see this kind of stuff kind of trickling along, do you, do you get nervous? Should you get nervous? Or do you just say, you know, maybe this time's different? I mean, which, of course, somebody will say. Maybe sometime it is different. Uh, I, don't, I don't see a real peak in margin loan uh like sometimes you see when before a big sell-off so that one isn't but the margin loans are high they're just not at a at all, as high as they were during covid um what, what, what do you kind of make of this when you see just in general from the outside i mean obviously you listen to the people on the show uh you know what do you make of it uh what i make of it is I don't like anything I see in the economy. Now, maybe I'm just the, uh, you know, the more pessimistic than most, and maybe I'm just more full of crap than most. Probably true on that count. But um, I, I just, you know, I, I look at everything that's going on. I look at all the trends. I look at all the analysis, and I, I'm just not seeing it. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's going to blow up, when it's going to blow up, how it's going to blow. Up, but I can't imagine that we can continue with everything and this is you know this is what shows up when you do charting when this is what shows up you know when you look at any fundamentals i i guess we can prop it up but we can't prop it up forever well when you say it what's it the the economy the market you know, you pick it uh, that that's my it well i mean some of it one of the amazing examples well you know i don't know if it's amazing but uh, again, I keep citing this book I read, uh, Freedom from Fear by William Kennedy. I really had no idea, even though I pride myself in knowing a little something about economic history. There's so much there, it's hard to know a lot of it. But the when he talked about the 20s and how many people were in a recession, in a depression, during the entire time, as we're seeing these massive increases in automobile technology, airline technology, air, airplane technology, uh, stock market going to the moon, all kinds of this stuff happening. You know the railroad craze. All, all this, all this basically bleep is going all over the place. Basically, it comes down to the the people who were in the depression recession just weren't counted. They just weren't in the news. They were always there. They just were. I mean, nobody really gave a rat's behind about a sharecropper in Alabama or somebody who's having str- struggling on a farm in Ohio or someplace. Don't, they, you're you're just not counted. You don't exist. And I wonder, even even this, in this day, this is a, you know, everything is, it seems like whatever, every, any, anything is a, uh, is a positive for somebody, it's also somebody or something, it's also their biggest negative, right? I mean, it's your biggest strength is also your biggest weakness. As, I mean, we know that in people, as, as you mature, um, you know, if somebody's always in front, always in charge, he's probably going to miss a detail someday or he's going to step in a hole and kill himself or something, type of thing. And that's just the way the world is. You wonder if the same thing isn't happening now, as you, as we go back and forth with the, uh, you know, the the uh, our emails back and forth for the people that are on the show. And we we're talking about this, you know, why the CPI has a, you know, they now have a problem, a, a, a new way of doing the 
health insurance line in the CPI. And it basically comes down to some massively convoluted deal where it, it comes down to they, they look at the retained earnings of the hospitals and drug companies, mostly hospitals, and that's health insurance. And you sit there and go, the real cost of health insurance. I'm sitting there going, that is so stupid, I can't even... I can't even well, yeah, the real cost of health insurance is pretty much what you pay for it. Yeah, but they're, but they're, they don't... I, wa- but I wonder... that's not what they do. And, 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 and so, you know, that that's on top of it, as Hal says. They, they, they you know, they just lie. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, and they keep finding new creative ways to lie uh, to us. And, you know, I, I, I don't think any of that can go on indefinitely. And I guess that's the point I was trying to make earlier is, you know, as, as we look at it, you know, we've got indicators, and people love to cite the indicators. You watch the the business channels, and you know, everybody's like, "Well, the inflation looks like this," and so on. And and then it it seems like things settle down a little bit after people start taking a look inside the reports, and ta- you know, some of the smarter people start actually looking at the data, because it really is, you know, when when you just start talking about data. Well, it, that's all it is. It needs to be organized a little bit. It needs to be put into some kind of time series, into sequence, into, you know, sliced and diced a little bit, and you start to learn something. And you just have too many people who go off of raw data. It's the same thing we did with, you know, with uh, um, COVID statistics. Just give me big, scary numbers and, uh, you know, tell me when we cross the 600,000 threshold, the 700,000 threshold. So. Oh, the a millionth case, and you know, and there's no significance to it, and we get we get all this crap thrown at us without a, a whole lot of analytical thought behind it, and you know we don't we don't get it out of media, we don't we, you know, we get everybody's spin. It's it's so we're so we're we're also it's so easy to lie to us that that's probably well, that's the, the thing that's kind of what I was getting to it's 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 so it, is it, is it just the is it just the volume of the stuff that's thrown at people with all the, I mean, you know, I, I, I go on a, I, I kick up like a, and I used to, in the summertime, I would search the Cubs all the time, see if they won or lost. Well, of course, it's in my phone. Every time I kick the thing up now, somehow somebody somewhere says I'm a Cub fan. Well, the first five things that I kick up in the Google are about the Cubs, which I could care less about in the wintertime, really. Uh, yet, every single person there has, there's there's got to be a million people with the dumb world's dumbest article. We should trade Babe Ruth for somebody, somebody. You're like, okay, you're not the general manager. I mean, but this somehow people are, are involved in this massive amounts of information that really, who cares? I mean, well, the Cubs are going to they're going to do what they're going to do, and they're going to put a team in spring training and then take a look at it. But, I mean, this all this intrigue. You know, I probably have had you know 15 conversations with people about. The Bears and their draft picks, and they go, "But what about this guy?" And we might do this. First, I say, "Well, who's we? You, know, you got a mouse in your pocket? I mean, you're, the Bears don't think you're part of we. <laughs> you may think you are, but I'm saying, is there so much around Kevin that we can't focus on, on something and actually look at a number and say, or is it too hard to research it? Is it too hard? I mean, we spent a bunch of pretty bright people spent three days this week hacking around on this one line in the CPI number." Basically, right? We got a, a, two professors, and you know, whatever. Uh, and finally, we, we ran it down into things—a piece of crap that line. Okay, but how how does how does a regular guy with two and three kids 
driving people back and forth to school and soccer and the wife's working too. How the hell is that person, him and his wife, going to sit there and do the stuff we just did this week? Plus, why would you? I mean, it, 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 you're right. It is so easy to lie because it, it seems like the more information we have, the less we have. Well, and we count on people who are part of the lie. And and this is you know I'm talking about media, but I'm talking yeah. about you know uh, uh, lots of you know we we can probably go beyond media and come up with uh, additions, but yeah we we actually count on people who uh, to digest that for us and to make sense of it, and they don't. Uh, it, it, sometimes intentionally, um, because they're ideological more than they are. Um, uh, uh, committed to, you know, committed to the facts. Let's say, um, and uh, and so that may be part of it. And part of it is I, I don't think they know what to do either. I, I don't think they understand it. And so the people, you know, it's it's sort of like when you you want to talk markets with me. <laughs> That's it's not going to get you very far. Um, well, I mean, but you end up. Is there? There always was, you know, somewhat of a upper, lower, middle class. Well, but then after the war. It seemed like everybody was part of an effort of the war. I mean, the Middle War too. Uh, everybody was part of an effort, and there was a certain amount of respect even between the people with money and the people without. Because the guy, middle class dude, who's a welder, might have been, you know, a cruiser captain or something, and then the other guy might have been a, you know, a, you know, a swabby uh, type of thing. I mean, so there was there was some equalization, but is there? I just, I just read this thing this morning and talk about class warfare. Uh, I didn't read it. I was waiting for Andrew and uh, News Radio 78, and I'll give them the kudos. Had a report by somebody, and of course, I'll never be able to find it. Uh, maybe Andrew can, but had to do with uh, uh, people using who causes carbon emissions, basically. And now, if you listen to the people on, you know, the uh, Bill Gates's of the world, as they fly back and forth, they tell you to turn off your lawnmower, right? And that's their shtick. That somehow the guy next door is causing global warming. So the thing, this was about some somebody did a study. I'm sure I'll, maybe I can find it. That people in the top 10 percent of the economic sphere use like a hundred times more energy than, than people at the bottom. <laughs> you know, which or ten times or some some ridiculous well, number more. How we know who to kill? Yeah, it's like you know, kill kill yourself. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's you know, I mean, how how much? You know, does Joe, how many times could Joe Biden take a smaller jet? They never will, right? I mean, how many, how many, you know, I'll grant him Air Force One because he's the president. Yeah, how many times could John Kerry fly commercial? Well, does, isn't the uh, this does, is this yeah. is when I'm gonna this is when I'm gonna believe that we have a uh, um, a climate crisis when John Kerry and Bill Gates and people like that start flying commercial. And I'm going to totally buy into. Oh my God, bad stuff is about to happen. Um, but otherwise, it's hard to take them seriously, isn't it? Well, it is, and I, I. You wonder if the same thing is is happening with. I mean, if you if you tell people the prices aren't going up, are they are they, when they see them go up, do they even stop? I was talking to my uh, my uh, my attorney buddy Bill last night. We had stopped at the local local uh, emporium. And we were talking about well, we were talking a lot about this uh, this this uh, trial that's going on in Chicago. The six people that shot the rapper, and uh, this is three years ago. I mean, I guess they're 
I didn't realize you have to listen to the other guy's rap songs, and if he's if he's dissing your gang, then it's okay to go shoot the guy. I mean, it, that's oh, where they, they, much. Yeah, I think that's I think that's you know I think the legislature passed that. Oh God, it's a. Anyway, so he was giving me the whole story about who's who and why it's in federal court. I mean, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, wish I could have you know someone like that in here to talk about it, but <clears throat> it's not really part of Stocks and Jacks, but it's <clears throat> certainly part of our society. Uh, and the, you know, I, I was talking to him. I said, you know, Bill, it's it's really bizarre, but I don't think people, unless you're unless you're stuck in it, you're just driving your old car or driving something, and, or you're just bumping along and everything's working okay at your house and. You know you're a couple years away from a roof, and you know this, and you know you're not sick, and you're feeling pretty good, and you got insurance, and blah blah blah. But people, even with you know three, four hundred grand in the bank, have have really no idea. They're a pickup truck, a roof, and maybe a, a week of their kid in the hospital, someplace where they're not covered, of being broke. But it's it you're that close. It, that's how much the prices of stuff you don't buy all the time have gone up, and you have no idea. Why would you? I mean, why would somebody who was with no problems with, with his old car or whatever, I won't say his old car, his car, why why would you run to the dealership and be pissed off at how, when's, how, how high the new ones are if you don't need one? Why would you price a roof if yours is still fine? Someday it won't be, but today it's fine. I mean, I guess you, I guess people should care. I mean, I, I've heard stories of people coming out of, uh, of you know, a, a half, four hours of tests in a hospital where it's 15, 20 grand, and they're expecting people to come up with 20% of it. I mean, really? I mean, last week uh, we talked about the uh, kind of building here um, needs a colonoscopy, okay? So, the I think he's going to Northwest. I'm not positive. But his deductible's five grand. They want, I thought he said they wanted 19 grand for the thing or something. Now, whether they're doing something else, I have no idea. So, if he has to pay 10 or 15% of that, we're talking about a $9,000 day. And yet, if you Google colonoscopies in the Chicago area, there's two or three places that'll do them for fifteen hundred bucks. So, w- what are we doing here? I mean, that, that, if, it, if it was the other people were sixteen five and it was at a bad location, I'd say okay, maybe you should go to Northwestern for nineteen. But nineteen to fifteen hundred? I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. So you want to pass health care legislation? How about we pass health care legislation where the whole thing that we do is teach people how health care works and how to how to shop. Well, be a lot cheaper, and everybody would save money. Well, it all comes. I mean, who who pays for this stuff? And if it's like the thing about the uh, Obama Obamacare, and you know, and I was on the air when we when that thing started, and I think I was on with John. We were on the score a long, long ago that was. And he says, well, uh, he you know he's he's not democratic, so he didn't like the the idea of who was doing it. I said, John, no matter what they do, if if they don't address the cost, all you're doing, you're like the, tr- the guy in the street with the shell game. You're putting the quarter under one of them, and you're trying to figure out which where the quarter is going. Unless the quarter becomes twenty cents, it doesn't matter. You end up paying in the end anyway, don't you? Some some people don't. I mean, some people get screwed totally, and uh, but other people, I mean, if it's unless you can figure out a way to get, so if this if something does cost twenty grand, when it could be, I'll say three. I'm not, you know, maybe not everybody wants to go to a storefront, but three or four doesn't matter whether it's the government, whether it's insurance, whether it's the person. Somebody is paying somebody way too much, and at the end of the day, it's a problem, isn't it? 
Well, it is, and it's because we've des- we've got a system that is designed to set the floor for uh, for prices, which is just a crazy economic theory. Well, I mean, you're uh, the guy who used to help us out with the show when he was still working downtown, Frank Fahey. Uh, Frank has a uh, I don't know some friend of his, some or a friend of his wife's, and uh, he says, "Where's what's Joe doing today?" Says, well, he's going to the to the bank to get a second mortgage on his house. He says, what for? He says, well, he's got this medical bill. It's like 25 grand. <laughs> so Frank was nice enough to go over to the guy's place. The guy knew nothing about medical bills other than the fact that he was in the hospital for the first time in his life. And he's an old South Sider, and he got a bill, and he's going to pay it. And Frank goes, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, he called the hospital, said, you're way out of line on this, that, and the other thing. Turns out the guy owned, owed like a grand. <laughs> you know, it was really nice of Frank to help the guy. I mean, he was bound and determined to get the twenty-five, thirty grand out of the out of his house and send it to these to the hospital. Yeah, that, that's just madness. Yeah. All right, we got eight minutes. What about sports? What do you like? Who do you like? OSU of Michigan. Boy, Joel was all over yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah, Joel is. Uh, I, I think my, I think our friend Joel is kind of flailing, kind of you know. The, there's a lot going on with Michigan. I mean, they, they just they fired a coach. You know, in in season, um, you know when when that like the Bears have had to fire two, but um, but you know I, I bring that up because there's there's so much chaos now. Maybe they'll rally around it and everything will be fine, but you know I I gotta believe that that this whole mess has taken a toll on them, and in many ways Ohio State is the better team, but when it comes to the key position, Michigan should be better. So that'll be interesting, and that's going to be like a 9 a.m. game where I am. So, you know, that'll be an interesting breakfast watching. Um, yeah. well, what, uh, what happened to all the, the original stuff that the listeners sent me and you guys sent me had to do with it went way beyond, you know, because somebody, all right, what's the big deal? You hold up your cell phone at a game and, you you, 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 you know, you tape the, the coaches across the field, you know, what? what Anybody can do that. Why is that a problem? Well, yeah, if that was me doing it, <laughs> I'd screwed up so yeah, bad. So now, now they have who's financing it. Yeah, um, you know that's that's that was the Uncle T reference from yesterday uh, that I had you uh, pimp Joel with because because I like Joel and I like to, oh, yeah. I like <laughs> I like to make it uh, give him a hard time. Uh, so that that was part of it, but uh, and and so now. They have this, you know, NIL collective, and this guy's tainted. So they kick him off of the NIL, uh, the people who run the NIL collective kicked him off of there. Um, that's kind of interesting. The coach that got fired apparently was trying to erase evidence. Evidence of what? I don't know. Good question. But I still keep going back to the question of what in the hell is the FBI involved here, or why? Why are they involved? They don't just get involved in. In something like that, there's there that they're involved for some other reason. Um, well, well, they got involved in the guy the case in Kansas, which I never could figure out how they did. Well, that was Kansas and a lot of other schools, and yeah. it was all it all had to do with you know uh, accepting bribes uh, for people working for federally federally funded institutions. That's what they were looking into, and then when they found other stuff, they were happy to publish it, even though. You know, none of it was criminal, and 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 they didn't even they didn't even print the names, although they might as well have because they would describe Louisville as like University Six and 
give uh, you know a, a, a private institute or a public institution with enrollment of I don't know thirty eight thousand two hundred seventy six or whatever it said exactly on their website yeah, with a mascot so with a mascot of a bulldog or something yeah yeah something like that so they you know they definitely were on it they you know they definitely wanted to to expose what was going on in terms of the NCAA stuff but that's not why they were involved they were involved for something completely different. And that's why I'm looking at the Michigan situation and saying, why are they involved? Now it could be it, it could be part of this whole situation where some maybe somebody hacked into somebody else's servers and stole information, and uh, and and that's a federal crime. Fine, you know maybe, but I I don't know what all's going on there. All all it tells me is that there is more to the story. And there are people who were doing things that were that broke the law, not just people who were breaking NCAA rules or Big Ten rules. Well, the original article I think that you sent or somebody else sent had to do with, uh, and again, this is, you know, somebody might have just been opining in an article. And I don't want to be, you know, Gladys Kravitz and spread the rumor, but it would, that in the in the laptop there weren't just pictures of a game. There was there were Ohio, tapes of Ohio State practices, and there were. Uh, these two guys were, were given to Jim by brother John at, at Baltimore, right? Or one of yeah. them. And they're, yeah, one and, of they're, and they're long-time Harbaugh people. That, that you know, they've worked for them in other places as well. So these, you know, we're we're not talking about you know some guy who's likely to be rogue, you know, uh, doing crazy things like that. And and also the other correlation is this started very shortly after Jim got a uh, uh, he, he was kind of on the hot seat because they were underperforming for a few years and then they did his new contract and they made it all incentives so now all of a sudden he's got incentives and lo and behold they start cheating <laughs> so um, well you know the, the, the you get what you reward the, the fandom well, actually, the, the first article I read, and I haven't read it since, so probably maybe it's just all BS, was they found all kinds of tapes of Ohio State stuff and that they found some child porn on there. Now, whether that's true or not, again, I, you know. Yeah, again, I, I, I've been reluctant to say that uh, um, on the show because I, I've only seen it in one place. Yeah, me too. It's only one place. Um, and uh, so, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into it uh, at all, but... That's part of what I mean by saying, you know, why, why is the FBI looking into this at all? Um, they they have, you know, there's something else that drew them in, and so I, I think that story has not been even close to told. And then of course you have all the Bears fans who say, oh, we want to go get Harbaugh. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. You know, it's it's like people, you know, where where I hear say, oh, why not, you know. Uh, why not hire Chip Kelly, who's the UCLA head coach? Why not hire Chip Kelly? He's very successful. Yeah, he's a piece of crap, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, no, that's not somebody you want. He's probably going to lose his job, and somebody's going to say, well, he'll make a great offensive coordinator for us. Um, no, not the kind of people you want to bring into your organization. You well, have to hire people with integrity. Well, your buddy Beldo, fellow Notre Dame alumnus, older than us, if there is anybody older than us, uh, the guy who told me he would never want to live in a state that paid the governor or a uh, you know, the, the chief surgeon at the hospital more than the football coach um, would say or they hired some some sleazebag got hired somewhere coach you know not at Notre Dame some other place and I go well it won't be long there before the NCAA's 
He goes, we take him in a second. He's a real coach. He doesn't care about us, all the rules. <laughs> like, okay, then. <laughs> and people feel the same way about Harbaugh. You know, I mean, I, somehow or another, he's, he's dropped into this. He doesn't let the rules get in the way of a, of a you know winning team. And people would love that on the Bears, whatever that even means. As the pros, I don't know if there are any rules. But, uh, uh, you know, I it is it is scary. What I, I mean, I don't, at some point, Kevin, I mean, we got a minute here, but I really felt that, that, that uh, going to Notre Dame was a great experience both ways in this. I mean, you know, you never got caught up. I thought being able to walk over on a Saturday and see a serious major college football game for a place and the people that I really got along with and cheer for my guys, I thought that was absolutely spectacular. You know, I knew some of the guys, and, you know, it was an experience that was, was terrific. But I also knew my term paper was still due on Monday, I also knew when I looked in the mirror, I didn't grow an inch if we won. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, either way, any which way you want. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's a football game. It's, it's what it is. You know, it's, it's nice, it's fun, but it's the idea that these, these, you know, that these guys are willing to pay Dabo Sweeney 76 mil to get out of there because he, he didn't do as well as they liked, and then all of a sudden, not that, who's the guy from Texas? Uh, they just dumped. What was his name? Oh, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher. Dabo Jimbo. What's their? Uh, and, and I'll. They won't. They won't hesitate to hire the next guy for ninety, with the same deal. And if he's no good, and Kevin, these are these are state institutions. I mean, I mean the alumni. If the state comes up with the money, I think that's horrendous. These other guy comes. These other guys come up with the money. What are they doing? What, what difference does it make to their life, really? Whether Texas wins two more football games. I mean, you like to see it happen if you're a fan, but I mean, w- w- what planet are these guys on? You and I were never like that. We'd love to see them win, but we're not about to cheat and everything for for a college team to win and, and throw. Oh, no, I'm totally off the deep end, Tom. I'm not with you there. Oh, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll I'll do anything. I, I'll go. Over <laughs> you you'll, you'll, oh, I, you're right. It is it, you know it is it is really cool when they're good. Um, but you want to be proud of how they get there too. If you're gonna if you're gonna claim affiliation with the team, then you'd like to be. And, and this is true of any sports team. You know, I, you know when I, I you know, are, are you proud of uh, of being a uh, um, a White Sox fan the way they've run their organization? I would say hell no. And they haven't had a lot of good people, and they've had internal battles, and you know everything. You know, would you want to work there? Not really. Um, so it's you know it, that's that's just one aspect on it, and I don't think anybody has done anything immoral that I know of. But then you you cut over to the Blackhawks when they had all their crap going on. You know, if you'd known that, how would you feel about winning the championships? Well, I'm sure there are people who would say, I don't care. We got three Stanley Cups. But I know there are other people who would say, I, if that's what you got to do to get the Stanley Cup, I don't want to do it. Well, I, to this day, Kevin, and we'll. Oh, thirty seconds. About hopefully uh, Russell's in the room. I, I thought that the, the Blackhawk team that won those, the, the Duncan Keys, the Jonathan Tays, I thought that was one of the most likable teams that I've ever, I've ever seen here in Chicago. To be honest with you, I mean, I, all those guys seem like they're pretty stand-up guys. I never understood it. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't understand at all how the, uh, you know, one of the, the essentially the the, the, the massage coach. Could be messing around and forcing professional athletes into something they don't want to do. I mean, I, I don't want—I don't want to know the whole story, but I just wonder how the hell does that even happen? We're—we're we're not talking about fourteen-year-old girls here. 
Well, and I, I think the big thing there was, you know, the, uh, the threat to expose people, um, you know, who, who did not want their lifestyle exposed. Uh, so I, I think that, that okay. was a big factor in it. And, and, and that, that even wasn't the big problem. The big problem was uh, management looking the other way. Well, did they? I mean, I've yeah, because because we did not want to disrupt, uh, you know, disrupt the championship train. So uh, we'll we'll just look the other way on this one, and um, you know, and and not deal with it. And and I, you know, I, I think people, it, you know, it's it's a hard thing to do um, when you when you look and you say, well, we we have a different plan, and and this little incident, this little episode is going to uh, disrupt it. Uh, you know, as in terms of leadership, that that puts you in a difficult position. But this is when you are tested as a leader to do what's ethical. Because if people don't trust you to be, you know, to be ethical, to be uh, honest, to um, you know, to live up to the standards that you supposedly espouse, if people don't trust you, then eventually they won't follow you. Well, how, how do you how do you ever get other than you would rather have it not happen in the first place? How do you ever get hurt by firing somebody who's doing something they're not supposed to do? I mean, everybody's got somebody like that in an organization of some size. Well, yeah. What? So, what do you know? Uh, what do you know about coaches, more uh, coaches and uh, and and people in that profession? Well, part of what you know about them is any distraction, they they just don't deal with it well. And this, of course, would be a. Uh, you know the kind of thing that becomes a big media thing, and everybody's asking questions every day. And but you name it, it's all going to happen. And when all of that does, then uh, you know because we're not we're not good at dealing with facts, but we sure are good at being nosy. Uh, and, well, um, but it's it, to me. I've always I don't. I hope it never happens to me. I, it never has. I've lucked out. But if, suppose you know I knew a coworker that whenever we. You know, three nights a week we walk to the bar. Okay, fine. The bar's three blocks away. Well, this guy always has to walk by the playground and stand out front for five minutes or something. You know, and you say, well, that's a little odd. You might say Joe's a hair ter- odd. It's if you don't know anything further than that, it's real hard to say. I think Joe's a pedophile. I mean, it, once you say that, you, you you brand somebody for life, right or wrong. You you really better be sure. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but how about this as an example? Um, what if your uh, what if your boss is harassing one of your employees? Well, that's a problem. You know, you you have a a, a single mother working for you. Uh, she has the job. She likes the job, and uh, and your boss is constantly after her, trying to get her to uh, uh, trying to get her in the sack, and he won't leave her alone. And he's like a lovesick puppy. Um, and it's totally uncomfortable and totally inappropriate. He's trying to schedule business trips where uh, the two of them will be out of town uh, and nobody else will be on the trip. And, I mean, you name it, it can go on and on and on. You know, what, what do you do there? I mean, because that's, that's a different take on the same kind of situation where you're saying, okay, do I step into the middle of this? And uh, because... You know, if if I if if I run that up the flagpole, I run the uh, risk of getting fired, you know, of having my uh, uh, having my boss, you know, make my life a hell, a living hell. 
Well, there was there was a time when because I went through that because <laughs> I went through that. Well, there was uh, a time years and years ago where I knew somebody who just told the guy, "Leave her alone." I'm gonna die. You're right, and that ended it. But that that's not the world today. You know, you can't yeah. do that anymore. I mean, yeah. And this was this was sort of the uh, this was the pre Clarence Thomas days when all of this really blew up and became uh, a BFD. So. Um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was an interesting situation, but you know, I, it, look, the challenge for me was do do what's politically uh, do what's right or do what's better for you politically, and you know, it, it turned out it was a very easy call for me to make, but you know, the, it, it was a painful process along the way. Well, it's, it's you know, really kind of simple. Know, I, I got moved. Laura got moved. Yeah. Um, you know, we we went over to a different area. I had a similar job. Um, and, uh, and and so I was fine with it uh, the way it worked out, and and the guy who was the perpetrator got his wings clipped, and uh, uh, but he didn't get fired, uh, so it made for some uncomfortable situations. And I remember him trying to come and explain everything to me, and uh, and tell him just don't, you know, go away. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the, the it's it's whenever you talk about the mating game. And you talk about uh, workplace stuff. It's really, it's a real tough deal. I mean, if you give somebody from a, a law firm or an accounting firm or really anybody that moves to Chicago from God knows where, and the place expects them in the office, which no does anymore, 60, 70 hours a week, the only people you ever meet are in the office. And oh, by the way, if you've got good people there, why wouldn't somebody be attracted to somebody else there? Because they're a good person too. I mean, that's that's life. So, yeah, and and that's okay. Yeah, that, you know, that's fine. That happens, and and that he was a married man, by the way. But uh, oh, that's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, but but that you know that that can happen. Um, but when the answer is no, then the answer has. That's right. To the answer is no. Then, then the, yeah, it has to stay that way. All right. So who do you uh, who do you like in the game? We'll bring. We do have Russell, right, Andrew. Uh, I just took Russell, a big bite Russell of my. Ben, I just took a big bite of my breakfast, but I'm here. Go you ahead. got oh the big. You got the the breakfast McDonald's thing going. Uh, all right, what's this? What's the spread? You know, when, it's funny because uh, Dave Wanstat does a lot of Chicago radio, and when your mouth is full like that with the big bite of breakfast, Russell, you sound just like Dave Wanstat. You know what? You I know like what? That. You know what Dave does <laughs> for for yucks. He what? he coaches uh, Bill Murphy's granddaughter's flag football team. That is absolutely fantastic. Up in Winnetka or someplace, and everybody loves him. He does a great job. He coaches like three or four little little teams and helps people out. Yeah, I did not like him as a coach, but I, I do like him as a radio guy. I, <laughs> I think he's funny as hell. I think he's he's pretty witty. I which think I, it, it, when he was a coach, he was he was another guy that was a great defensive coordinator anywhere. But you get the feeling that whoever you put in the Bears head coach spot, all of a sudden can't succeed. Maybe it's not the coach, the person. Well, he, he was his own general manager, too. So, you know, I think his general manager let him down. <laughs> God. Anyway, Kevin, take care. Have a nice Thanksgiving talk to you Friday morning. Russell, we're going to go to a quick break here because we didn't do it earlier. And then we'll be right back to, to quiz you on a whole bunch of stuff here. Uh, we'll be right oh, back. Stocks and Jacks. S&P is up 11. The S&P is up 61.
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, on the board. SP Futures up 9, NASDAQ Futures up 58. Uh, the, big, the biggest earnings ever in the history of the world was last night. Nvidia stocks up a buck twenty-four, Chuck. So Straddle was <laughs> well. Straddle was forty, which I thought was cheap. Then it, it crept down to about thirty-seven by the close, which I thought was since everything. Every retail stock. I don't even watch them this week, uh, Russell. Every retail stock has had earnings. Virtually every one of them has blown through the Straddle uh, maybe two times in one direction or the other. I would. I wanted no part of Nvidia. I thought this thing last time it was what up sixty bucks or something. I wanted no part of. Uh, no, last time. No, last time. And I do. I do a lot of work on earnings. Last time it was up 01 percent. Two quarters ago it was up twenty four percent. What was the one where it, it doesn't even show? Uh, it was. I don't know, it must have been right here. It must have been. Uh, had to be seven thirty one. No. Anyway, but it actually traded 
like 508 pre-market, but if you look at the chart, it's only got it, the highest it has it, has it printing is, uh, or highest it closed was like, uh, you know, four, 485 or something, but it actually printed like 508 after the earnings. That's the one, I'm, that was the one I'm talking about. Was that three months ago or six months? That was, um, that was two quarters ago. Okay. So that was, uh, they, that, that would be, and they're on a funny calendar quarter. It was, uh, it was two announcements ago though. Okay. Um, where that, where that, that happened. Um, so, or no, that was the last one where that happened. It was the last one. It ended up, they, yeah, last one, because it basically ended up, up to unchanged. I'm looking at the data right now. But it, but um, it, but, but it's, it spiked up so much that if you could have got yeah. a sale off in the morning, it was like 70 or 80 bucks higher, wasn't it? was huge. It was 508, yeah, I think, was the top just, print. It, ended up, it, 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 it had a lot of volatility between when they announced and when you know we took that final number of practically unchanged. Yeah, uh, but it, it's because, yeah. I mean, some of these, I, the, the Walmart, the ones the last couple of weeks, they all they all were double straddle, which is, that's that's pretty wild when you think we had, we had a Yeah, we had a week recently where there were, you know, if there were Eight big reporters. Six of them had these outlier moves. Um, well, Target was a double straddle. The straddle was like. It was funny. Yeah. Right off the bat, last night it was down five percent or so, and now it's not doing anything at all. Which um, I, I might have done an, uh, an iron condor. Well, um, good for you if I'm you did. Okay with that. Yeah. I know that's you know we're we're going to have the good wine with Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow night. Um, so I didn't get a shout. Of course you didn't. You never invite me to your Christmas party. Tip no, for tat. Okay, we haven't had a Christmas party in, for, <laughs> in forever. Hey, so you got you got the little little pooch. I have the little pooch. She's laying on me right now, and she is, let's just say, grooming the other dog. It's the weird. This dog is so freaking weird. The other two just sitting There's there. No other way to put it. The other two this pissed off. She's there. What? The other two pissed off. Uh, she's the there. The other one shows up at ten o'clock this morning. Oh, so she's not there yet. She's not here yet, and it, and and just to, to you, know, this is a roundabout huge compliment to you. Uh, they rescheduled when they were going to drop the dog off, and we thought they were going to drop the dog off late today, but instead it's going to be kind of early today. If it had been late today, uh, I was going to surprise you with my college student who's home for Thanksgiving in studio. And when I told her, it, and she was very excited to come, and then when I told her last night that we couldn't because. We need to be here for the dog being dropped out. She was genuinely upset that we didn't get to come down and do that. Well, there you go. Well, we had issues getting in this morning. Uh, so anyway. You should take that as a that, that yeah. is a college freshman that was upset that she didn't have that she didn't get to get up at five thirty in the morning to see you. Well, there you go. I would have. That, that I, might be the biggest compliment you've gotten in years. Uh, many many years. In a roundabout way. Yeah, so. many many years. What do you think so, yeah, of Christmas, uh, I, I promised her. I promised her Christmas break. But go ahead, ask it. Ask yeah, definitely. What do you? Yeah. Some of these, and Greg, uh, he's in with all these chart groups and everything, and uh, mm-hmm. we have the chart of the day. We're in with these bar chart guys now, and they send us some interesting stuff. Oh, I love the bar chart. I love it. I'm using their data for a massive research project that I'm doing with uh, undergrads at Indiana right now. Wow. I love. I love. I, it's. It, you know, this sounds like a. You know, almost like an ad, and I get nothing from them. I pay for it like everybody else in the world. But for thirty bucks a month, it actually you can get it if you if you love crunching data and all that stuff. It's a great source for cheap, good cheap data. Well, one of the guys we had a, a cocktail with a while ago, and they, 
they think they might want to do something on Stacks and Jacks. But we'll, originally, what, one of the things we're going to maybe start doing a, a stack of the day, and I'm not going to give you know buy or sell recommendations, but if I find a uh, stack has an interesting chart from them or somewhere, I can certainly mm-hmm. talk about the chart. Well, this one they sent, and I don't... You, you see this stuff, uh, Russell, but I keep saying it's not necessarily tradable today, you know, or tomorrow or next week, and maybe mm-hmm. never, but it's it's interesting and it's and it's odd. I mean, this one they sent, this one is the commodities to equity ratio, they call this, and it's, well, you know, they must have some kind of an average of all, of all the commodity prices versus stock prices. And then and up the, the top, and it's pretty fascinating. We're down here to like the the, the, the lowest again, commodities to equities, and saying equities every time I've gone down here have been really really uh, too high. The uh, the first one, the lowest one up until today, was the 1972 Nifty Fifty stock bubble. When everybody said buy these, <laughs> it was like the predecessor of 2001. It was a predecessor of. 2018, and who knows, maybe the predecessor again, where the stocks that really make up, you know, most of them, because that's the next chart. But it's pretty it's pretty fascinating, I and mean, this is history, you know, I, I mean, it's hard to remember 1972, other than I was in school playing basketball and trying my term paper in. Uh, not for mm-hmm. a team, just every day. Uh, so anyway, we went from 1972 to Nifty 50 to 1974, where the oil embargo, and all of a sudden the inflation took off, and it it shot up. It totally shot up to where commodities were, compared to equities, were way higher then. Right? Then it, then it comes creeping down, chop, chop, chop. Looks like a, you know, a heart attack here going on. And then it's, it shoots up again in 1990, or 89, when I was on the trading floor. The Gulf War, the first Gulf War. Okay, so then, you know, oil prices and everything else shot way ahead of equities because equities actually went down as oil was going up. Then it would, the tech bubble, 2000, was another... You know, absolute low where the techs were so high versus commodities. Then the 2008, mm-hmm. uh, we had the uh, uh, oil and the global financial crisis. 2008, um, where oil peaked out again at, the, at those prices, was another one of the commodity size. Now we're way down here to where we were in '72, creeping up just a little. But we we made the low in uh, 2021 or something. But I mean, you look at that chart and you go, it makes sense. I don't. I don't know that I can't trade off it necessarily, but I think it makes some sense. I mean, don't you? I mean, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it just yeah. a, as a chart. I mean, how can it not make sense? I mean, it is a chart. Uh, it's just the data. It's just the data. And, and the other one is uh, this one is is uh, I think fairly interesting as well. It is the S and P 500 versus the top S and P stocks by market cap as a percentage of total S and P market cap. And again, we've got the same the same days. We've got the Nifty 50 uh, in the early 70s, where the top 10 stocks were 30, almost 35 percent of the S&P market cap. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And then it goes way down here. That, I mean, I yeah. It goes way way down uh, to uh, 1995. It's like you know, God, it's you know, it's less than so maybe 14 percent. And sure enough, in the 2000 bubble, it's back up to 30. Then in 2015, it gets way lower than that. It's down to like 8. And now we're back up to 35. We're, we're pushing the uh, Nifty 50. Again, another chart that's 
sort of fascinating, and it you you can't see. You really can't see what all this history. Again, it's just a chart. You can't see what all this history, going from thirty four percent to like sixty. But but doesn't mean it can't happen. It it just seems like there's there's a peak in there now. Now, if you're bullish, you say well, the other guys are going to, you know, grow into it, and we're gonna mm-hmm. the the top ones are gonna stay right here or go up a little bit, while the other guys catch it. Now you. You do all this research. Was it was it in the Obama? Was it after two thousand and seven? Was there was some in all these years I've traded. There was some year or two in there, Russell, where we had some stocks, you know, lead us out of the wilderness. And all you had to do is if if Chevron or something had a, had a big run up last week, you just went and bought Oxy and Exxon the next week, and they went mm-hmm. and, they, and they caught right up. That didn't catch up, but you people were doing nothing but looking around for stocks that hadn't moved. It hadn't participated, and and if, if you if you just looked around the day before they did, I don't know if they were actually caught up to the first ones, but you did pretty well. Now this time, it really hasn't happened. I mean, if you're in the dividend stacks, if you're in the oil stacks, some of those things this year you've, you've had a horrible year. I mean, if you're in the Russell, you've had a horrible year. Oh yeah, no, the Russell's barely up, barely up on the. Year. I don't know if it is. <laughs> this time last week. No, th- this time last week it was down like two percent on the year. Yeah, the, it might it might have just like popped 17%. through. Yeah, but no, uh, uh, it went it went from negative to positive on Friday last week with the uh, with the or, uh, maybe not Friday Thursday or Friday whatever whatever day there was the big move. Okay. Last week, but and eventually um, you would expect the Russell to catch up, but uh, I was at last week when I was in London this came up uh, and. The, the argument against the catch-up is that the really big companies that, that you know are, are have contributed pretty much all of the upside performance with stocks dominate everything. It's up like 50 and, cents on a year. And they, and they made it so difficult for any mid-tier competitor within their, any industry that they're involved in to you know catch a bid and start to, to actually make some money. Uh, they, they squish them down. Or they, you know, they or they buy them, uh, you know. They, so all these very large companies, these, you know, let's call them technology conglomerates or whatever. Uh, anybody that even could come close to something innovative that might uh, compete with them, they either buy it up or they replicate it real quick. Um, I get a prime example is OpenAI, uh, which you know they've had all that that soap opera crap over the past few days um, basically Microsoft uh, for lack of a better way to say it controls that company yeah uh, you know 30 years ago this would have been the hottest uh, internet startup but the, all those big companies have their own VC uh, practically VC arms that control anybody that might pop up and displace them in any way shape or form uh, and so what eventually we're going to need to see, we had a big debate about this last Wednesday night in my class, too. Um, I think what we're going to see cyclically, like everything else, is you're going to see the government step in at some point. And do what? And, well, just like they did, you know, to Standard Oil. They're, they're going to... These guys are these guys are way better organized than Standard Oil was. I know they are. I know they are. Um, so... Uh, that, Let's say the only way, the only thing that I can see changing all of this is the government stepping in at some point. 
And there, there's kind of, you know, the, the, the way all the billionaires have been vilified, um, you know, there, there, there could be the political will there. Um, you, know, you could have some hyper populist guy that uh, if you, gets in there. If you notice yeah. the uh, Biden's trip to China, oh, he brought a dozen of these people with him. The, the, well, the first off, it's funny that you say trip to China because it was in California. Whatever. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, same, same yeah. thing. But I'm saying if, if yeah. Trump or whoever was in office, the same people would be in the room. Yeah, and and you know my stand. I, I'm I, I, I my my you know the way I got to phrase this easily because I don't want to be canceled or anything. Um, I'm very suspect of everything the Chinese do, and I feel like. Uh, they don't want to be partners with us. They want to dominate us at some point. And they're thinking about that across the long game. Uh, so I do everything that I can to make sure any money that I spend doesn't make its way to China. And when you see the list of CEOs that were there, uh, you know, my, my initial my initial idea was, well, I'm just there's a new list of companies I'm not gonna you know not gonna buy anything from. It's freaking impossible. Oh yeah. Everybody, it, I, I saw a video that went that highlighted everybody uh, that was there, and it's like, well, can I can I not fly on Boeing planes anymore? Um, you know, you do know there was uh, a. I don't expect you to know this off the top of your head, but there was a couple, and maybe there's been more of them. You seem like you're one of them that swore they were not going to buy anything from China the whole next year, and they made it to May. Yep. Yeah, I remember you saying they yeah. made it to. You know, didn't make it halfway through the year. And what was the, what were they stuck with? They were stuck with. They promised a three-year-old girl or four-year-old girl those little blow-up swimming pools. They're not made anywhere else oh. in the world. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, how much of this is, you know, because you know, to basically to be perfectly blunt, you get out, you get out a lot more than I do. <laughs> you talk to these people. You're at university. How much of it is personality? I mean, you know, it's. I mean, on the CBOE board, and I keep bringing this up because it was an experience I had. You, mm-hmm. you just, if one of the firms, and you know, a lot of the firms did this for a while, and then of course, if they got nicked, they didn't do it. But there were people who, I use the term cheated, on orders. They'd come out, and instead of the crowd, you know, the crowd might be at three ace on a thousand lot spread. The, the firm might already have marketed to somebody that they were gonna, they were gonna facilitate them at a half, and the firm would say. We're going to put this up in a half. By the way, we'll cut you schmoes in for fifty a piece or something, which to me is a mm-hmm. felony. But that's you know that's. But you, when you're sitting next to the Goldman, Merrill Lynch, whoever the guy happens to be on the board, the last thing you want to see in the room when you guys are all you know let's all get along, is for somebody to drop a complaint in the middle of the table and the your buddy the Merrill Lynch guy sitting next to you or Goldman or whoever it happened to be. It sort of just doesn't happen. Now I find it. Mm-hmm. I find it would be. I find it very difficult. Wherever this Chinese meeting was in California, it appears not China. Uh, for mm-hmm. Biden to walk out of the room, and as he's walking out, one of those guys getting subpoenaed by some massive antitrust thing. I, I just, it doesn't happen mm-hmm. in today's world. It just, yeah, it just doesn't no, happen. Yeah. Now, what I, but now what I want to go from that is we know that's quote difficult, um, but. What do you make of uh, Carl and, and Hal's kind of on the same thing, but Carl's more than anything else. He said the, the problem you have with the big people versus little people, you, you and, and it comes from lying to people about inflation and, and 
having this artificially low rate. You, see, you can never let people, certain people, borrow money less than the inflation rate. Because what you do is you totally blow up the entire mix of economy between rich and poor. You can't have those guys. And his whole point being, and I, I kind of expanded it to say, take a look at baseball, football, basketball teams. We're, we're talking about a number that that these guys are paying that has bears no resemblance to how much they can make on that team this year or next year or 10 years if there actually was a real interest rate. If they were paying either implied or... or, or mm-hmm. The one, one thing you don't want to do, and I'll be dogmatic here for a second because my because the professor's on. The thing you don't want to, what makes you sound like a big dummy, is if of course now there aren't there was no interest, so you didn't sound like a dummy. But if you were to say, God, the guy just paid a hundred million dollars for that boat, man, that's you know he he could you know he could get uh, you know. Sixty million a year, or, or six million a year for that. Six million a year, or but, but, half million a month. Yeah, but, but somebody say, "Oh, he's got the dough." No, no, no. No matter what, even if he chooses to ignore it, it's costing him that amount because he can put it in the bank and get it. There, you know. But I'm saying exactly. It, but uh, yeah, no, the opportunity cost part. I, I I use that example an awful lot. But Carl's saying that the, that the the inflation is really four or five percent a year. And for a period of time, we allowed these people to borrow at two. So if you can yeah. borrow at two and the inflation is five, of course you're going to pay a billion dollars for the Cubs. Because five years from now, it's going to be a billion four. Even though you, if you had a pay, actually you had a pay interest of 6%, you, you'd be broke because the team doesn't make that much. Yeah. It, it, it totally, and, and then the, the rest of it is how can, how can people in the news media, like, you and I, I mean, you don't do it as much as me. How can people talk about the Fed lowering interest rates and how it's helping everybody? I, I did a study that the year they were, the years where they went from five down to one, credit card rates actually went up. They didn't go down at all. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at that one at all. I don't think there is a direct relationship between credit card rates and, and the Fed funds rate at all. Well, there ought to be, but, you know, there should be, but I, I don't think it. If anything, they it 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 seems to be like an inverse. The, the only thing that I see that the only thing I see with respect to higher rates and the and what goes on with credit cards, I seem to get a lot more offers for them right now than I have in a while. Um, I've gotten probably five well, in the last I, week, at least five yeah, in the last and, week. You know, they're, and, they're all. Every one of them has a, a a grace period. This is weird. I, I happen to have a. We have to go break here in a second. I have a a U.S. bank card I've had forever. I never use it. You know, I just. I, but they say you should never dump one. You know, so I don't. I don't just yeah. dump it. So I just have it. So they send me one thing saying, "Okay, till 2024, if you write a check, they sent me checks." Well, first thing you have to do is you got to pay five percent of the the check, but you don't have to pay any interest to 2024. Late in the year, it's like 21 cycles or something. But then your rate's going to be 26 percent. Well, they're they're banking on my my enthusiasm that I can go out and buy something, and I will gleefully pay it off before the end. And, and the jokes on them. They're going to bet that somewhere along the line, you know, I, I, I you know I slip off the, the porch or something. I have a hospital bill. I have something, and at the end of the 24 months. I'm now paying them 24%. That that's their bet, and I bet they win most of the time. They win enough. They win enough for it to. Uh, I, I assume that there's that less than half 
of people pay enough attention and uh, don't get that surprise bill where they uh, not only do they suddenly start charging the 24%, but sometimes they backdate it as well. Well, heaven help, help you if you miss a payment. Yeah. No, if you, uh, yeah, if it, it, that all of a sudden they, they pile on, you know, interest they haven't charged you from the past as well. Got to read. Those are things you've really got to read the fine print on. Well, I mean, if, if I yeah. go out and spend a... And they're, you know what, they're, ro- they're rolling the wheel there. If it, all it takes, if they're going to backdate a bunch of the interest, all it ta- and it's a really high interest rate, all it takes is maybe like 20% of the people, um, you know, not, not paying it down to zero by that grace by the end of that grace period. Well, yeah, I, uh, I mean, if it, the 5% is a little much, but I'm, I'm in the market kind of looking around for a, a, a better used truck, right? I don't really want a new one because it just gets banged up where I parked down here. But uh, you know, if I was fine, one at twelve grand, it'd be pretty easy just to write that check and pay him off a thousand a month for the next year with no interest. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I pull that right. off, that's not that's not what they want to see, right? <laughs> that's not exactly yeah. not what they want to see. But anyway, anyway, S and P futures. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, Let's go to break and then we'll come back and talk more about these these charts here and what what are we doing here? And Nvidia, I can't believe this thing's only up three bucks. I mean, I'm stunned. Why didn't, why didn't... Well, you at least did something. I, I never would have had the balls to sell a straddle. But, boy, what a nice return oh, that would be. No. No. SP Futures up 12, NASA Futures up 64. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, 
or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everyone. Back stocks and jocks. I'm Tom I'm Andrew on the board. Um, S&P futures are up 11. Nasdaq futures up 61. We didn't get anything really good at Nvidia. We didn't get anything bad. It's up three bucks, so not not down. Uh, but it's at 502, which is pretty much an all-time high, except for the time it, it traded. We pre-marketed at like 508 that Russell and I were talking about. Dow futures up 46. Nothing really crazy. Home Depot's up two bucks. It was down yesterday, and the Lowe's earnings it was down as, as was Lowe's. Goldman Sachs up two. Uh, Caterpillar down 679. That's kind of a move. And we got Chevron Texaco down 241 as oil. It's kind of the big story here. We'll get to in a second. In Europe, uh, European stocks, yeah. DAX, let's say mixed but higher. Uh, DAX up 88.6%, FTSE down 5, call that flat. CAC around up 28.4%, so I'm going to say higher over there. Uh, Asia, Nikkei up 97.3%, Hang Seng up 71 cents. Those guys with an inside day, to a huge inside day. Uh, Shanghai down 24.8%. It's a pretty big move into Shanghai. Uh, they're heading, they're still above 3,000, 3,043. Yesterday, Dow was down 62, S&P down 9, NASDAQ down 84, so a slight down day, but we've been up pretty much five days in a row before that. Uh, Ten-year down two basis points, 4.39. The Bund down one basis point, 2.54. Japan up 3.73 is the, the beige uh, Fed meeting minutes came out yesterday, and there was no hint at all in there of, of anybody wanting a, a cut in rates, but still people think it's coming. Well, this is the big news. On 329, 4.2%, 74.48. Ouch, if you're long oil. Brent down 342, 415, 7903. Natural gas unchanged at point, uh, 285. Arbob down 7 cents, 216. As the OPEC canceled their meeting or put it off for four days. So I think o- OPEC is becoming kind of a eunuch in this in this world. Uh, I'm sure they don't think they are, but I think maybe they are. Uh, gold down 60 cents, uh, 2001. Even though the uh, well, it was up four bucks at 2005, and it's still hanging over 2,000 barely. Uh, silver down five cents, 23.82. Copper down three cents, 377. I'm gonna ask, uh, I'm gonna ask uh, Russell about that in a minute because copper really hasn't uh, participated in this little run-up in gold and silver lately. I wonder if it maybe is going to or not. Uh, crypto down 440. The Bitcoin 36,565, and I've got the dollar um, slightly. It was unchanged. Now it's it's uh, down a little bit. I mean, it's up a little bit. The euro is now below 109 at 1089, and the British pound at 125.2. The dollar has been has been going back, and that's why gold and some of the stuff is going up. What do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? All right, it is 7:41 here in Chicago on Wednesday, November 22nd. Uh, just a little bit of sports uh, tonight. We have the at 6 p.m. We have the Blackhawks playing the Blue Jackets. And as far as I can tell, it's the only game we have to look forward to today. Uh, but other Thank than God, all they do is lose. <laughs> yeah. With that, uh, Chicago weather is going to be a colder one today. It's currently 37 degrees. Uh, got cloudy skies, but that's going to clear up throughout the day. We're going to have high 46. 
Uh, and over in Phoenix, they're currently at 54 degrees. They have partly cloudy skies as well, but it looks like they're also going to clear up and hit around 76 in the middle of the day. Over to Chicago traffic. Uh, looking not too bad at all today. Uh, probably most green I've seen in a long while. Uh, there is one major thing to note out in the Eisenhower. It's on the inbound uh, at Displanes Avenue. Uh, it's causing some road construction, and the right lane is closed, causing a little bit of uh, traffic out there near uh, First Avenue. But other than that, looks like not too much to report. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. So, uh, Russell, we've got uh, OPEC putting his meeting off. we got oil going down. We've got... Of at least the starts of a, of a ceasefire going on in uh, Gaza, so that's probably really good news, with some hostages being released. Don't know if mm-hmm. that means it's and it's becoming an end over there to the fighting, or if it's a start to the end or something. Let's say it wasn't the. What did Churchill say? This is not not the end. It's not the beginning of the end, but it's the end of the beginning. Is that his line? It's the. Uh I feel like I feel like you reversed one of those, and, and I'm trying to go back and figure it out. Well, I know, we I know, know that the final to, one was we it was. Know what you're trying to say there? I know the the final one was it was the end of the beginning, which was interesting. End of the beginning, not the beginning of the end. No. Not the end of the beginning of the end. No, no, it was a. Uh, Going to the next step. Yep. There you go. So it, was, it was when the the tide <laughs> the tide changed just a little. Toward their their side, it, it, yeah. Usually, usually we don't pick up on those things until you know six months down the road. Yeah, we look back and we go, oh, that was the beginning of the end. Uh, it's funny you you mentioned um, uh, um, OPEC not having any teeth anymore. Uh, we could fix that one in a heartbeat in the U.S. We we could take care of ourselves energy wise if we really wanted to. Um, I, I guess I, I'm sure there are a lot of people that want to, but but our fearless leaders. Uh, don't want to pull oil out of the ground anymore because, you know, it, it, but on all levels, oil is just plain old bad. Um, so, uh, we we could take the teeth out of OPEC tomorrow if we really wanted to. Um, I'm gonna I'm going it's to say everything's about everything's about political will this morning, isn't it? Well, There's it's not also the political will to make business a fair playing field. There's not the political will to you know open up a couple of pipelines and make the United States completely energy self-sufficient which we could be you know and we could just kind of let what happens on the other side of the world happen and just take care of ourselves um, I'm gonna I'm going to say that uh, I'm, not, I'm absolutely not going to debate you on uh, what the will might be okay mm-hmm. but the numbers now it may mean that my, my theme on this because I've been fighting with Kevin about this arguing with Kevin forever and it's regarding oil and uh, I actually in, in, in the, I think the industry is bigger than any president to the point where oh yeah, so I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm looking here right now okay now where are we Trump, Trump took office and again this is not a political statement this is just looking at the chart for God's sake he took office what January of 2017, correct? Yeah. All right, so he's 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 Mr. Oil. Uh, so we we are roughly 8,900 barrels a day. All right. Say 8,979. Say nine million barrels a day. Not, not, yeah, nine nine thousand thousand. So that's nine million, right? All right. He leaves office. 
in January of 21, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, we are at, well, 11,000. 11, so it's up essentially two. Okay. Now we got a guy in there who hates it, correct? And now mm-hmm. we are 13.2. So we've actually gone up so more, more barrels per day. Mm-hmm. Now, now Trump had the COVID where there was a big drop. Okay, so, and yeah. I, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna debate who liked oil better or hated oil more, but the fact is, we're up two million barrels a day since this dude's been in office. Now, whether he even knows it or not, <laughs> I have no idea. Or, or yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, maybe it's may, you know maybe it's actually going on and. and um, I, I did have in the back of my mind because the, there are a whole lot of cases if you really look into things that the government tells us they're doing one thing and in reality other things are going on. Yeah, I, and I, I think that... And, and you know, I mean, it's uh, we named something an Inflation Protection Act that I still, or, you know, Inflation Reduction Act that I still haven't quite figured out if there's anything in there that, that mechanically would reduce inflation. Uh, but... You know, if, if I've got enough foresight to realize it, and enough history to realize that uh, inflation tends to peter out on its own over a bit of time, you know, maybe I'll pass a law and say it's the Inflation Reduction, Reduction Act, and it has nothing to do with, with business at all. Maybe it just has to do with, um, you know, new speeding laws or something like that. But then a year down the road, I can say, hey, look, my, redu- my Inflation Reduction Act, look what it did to inflation. We're back down to 2%. Vote for me. Well, there was a time here during the Trump administration, 131.20, so beginning of his last year, we were at Mm -hmm. 12,009, almost as high as we are now. And we dropped from there to uh, our low tick here is, uh, what week is this? Our low tick is roughly 10,002, 10,000 even. And I think you can either blame that on COVID or you can blame it on the price of oil got so low. Remember, we got down to twenty-eight dollars a barrel or something. The, the production. Well, and, every, well every, the demand. The demand went down, and and that's the the, the huge driver of the price. Of uh, oil. No, I think I think we were we were producing too much, and then, and that's when the Saudis tried to cut back and they screwed it up. But if you if you put a bunch of different charts on top of each other, okay, and one of them is the top one has to be the price of oil, okay. And you look at the amount of rigs in production going up and down, which you can get all these statistics. Oh, you, yeah. you look at the per- weekly. Yeah, and you yeah. look at the yeah. you look at the production of barrels per day, and it, and at the bottom of the list, you've got presidential bull bleep. I'm going to say the one chart cool. you don't want to pay any attention to is the one on the bottom of the list. Oh gosh, no, not at all. And the other thing is when we you, know, you, you hear all the big debates around the price of oil and and. You know, how much it takes to fill up your tank and everything, and, and then you start uh, trying to find reasons behind it. You know, the number one reason behind that price is economic activity. Right. And the biggest consumer of, and you brought, and you mentioned copper ticking down a bit as well, uh, and then said you were going to, you know, that you might throw that one at me, uh, which I appreciate all those heads up because it gives me a chance to formulate my thoughts a bit. Uh, but copper. And oil, the the two biggest drivers of what's going on with the price of both of those is the global economy and how much stuff is being produced. And you know, you you you, you talked about our business leaders going over to uh, you, 
going to see Xi in uh, China, China East, which I guess is California now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they. She wasn't over here pandering to you. You, you said that our business leaders were pandering to him. Uh, you could put the script on that one. And oh, sure. That China, Absolutely. China is. China. Uh, China is effed right now, uh, in a really bad way. Uh, they've got huge internal domestic economic problems because they're, uh, you know, a third of their economy was their real estate sector, and they're they've stopped building stuff, and people have stopped paying for stuff that they haven't even received yet. And everybody's unemployed. Uh, you know, yeah, there, and then that, and and that's another thing is there are no jobs. There, they've got a whole generation of people that just, you know, that, that have university degrees. And she is saying, you know, if you can't find a white collar job, you should be out there working in a factory. And yeah, uh, for for for, for two bucks an hour. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine saying that to uh, to my my college freshman in three years if she can't get a job. Well, the difference I, is I, they I, well, they probably paid for it though. They probably paid for it. So, if, if, oh yeah. But if they yeah. paid for somebody seventy grand a year to go over to Illinois, and they get back to China and they got the guy working in a, in a, in a Nike factory, that, that's on them. Not only did they do not pay for it, but the the government does not pay for it. Who pays for it? A lot of people don't. People don't even realize this. You got to pay to go to grammar school in China. The government doesn't provide that. Well, how does somebody in China afford the price the University of Illinois or Wisconsin charges them? Their their family is in the um, you know their family is connected to their, their family is one of the you know fifty million truly wealthy people in China. Okay. Not one of the one point three five billion that is you know that that practically lives like they like people did fifty a hundred years ago. Well, uh, there's def- two. You know, you talk about the well, and, and you'll never. There's no way you could even get numbers on this. But I will guarantee you that the wealth disparity in China. Uh, makes uh, just our wealth disparity that a lot of people like to complain about it pales in comparison to the difference between the haves and the have-nots over there well just and to kind of complete we're only, this we're only seeing the haves well I agree I, but this, this oil argument which comes up constantly we're up f- almost four and a half million barrels a day since 2017 now even with the big drop off if anybody doesn't think that that's one of the reasons, if not the main reason, why Russia and OPEC, are, when they go to these meetings now, all they get is booze and hookers they can't get at home and shrimp cocktails. They're not, they're not doing anything. And But I would also say that if we start seeing a recession happen, because price of oil we just talked about is in the 70s, if you see that at 58 or 60, you're going to see this graph over the next two or three years drop down some. And it has... Very little to do with Biden, Haley, Trump, you, me, the man in the moon. It has to do with the price, right? It, yeah, it has to do with the invisible Mr. Market. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, but it, it, it doesn't. People, but as people, we've got to have a people reason for everything. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think there's a, a doubt that if you have some sort of a, you know, de- depending on how you are built, you're you're getting the power for your electric cars. I mean, clearly, if if somebody, you know, as you know, Russell, my, my view on, on the on how we can use renewable energy, I'm all for it. And I, I see pockets mm-hmm. of this country when I drove my the old pickup truck I bought out in Tucson, when I drove along uh, 
uh, I, don't, I don't know if you realize it or not, but if you drive along old Route 66, now I-40, right next to you most of the way are the Santa Fe tracks. I mean, everybody uses the same, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I'm, I'm seeing these things. There's nothing but relentless wind and nothing but sun out there. And I see these trains going by with seven, eight locomotives in front of them. I'm going, why doesn't somebody put a solar collective thing here with a, with a bunch of windmills uh, and, oh, by the way, I'll, I'll, it'll be the, the, the Russell Chief uh, rent locomotive facility and we'll build 100 electric locomotives, which they, by the way, they have. Uh, and used to use them during the war out east, and they were very effective. Uh, why don't we power our own locomotives, and, and you can drop the, the diesels off at uh, Topeka, Kansas, and we'll take you to you know Santa Fe or something, and we'll do with the electrics and drop you off there. I, there's no reason why there isn't electric drive there. There's, there's more power in, between the sun and the wind that you could have, you, you couldn't waste it all. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean. You try and you try and put a windmill up in some place where there's no wind, or you, or you pay somebody to put something on his house where it's cloudy 900 days a year. I mean, you, you use your head, don't you? I mean, I think uh, you would like to think that you, that that people would use their heads, but um, yeah, I mean, that, that, being doing doing something like that would would make a whole lot of sense. Uh, I think if you start to put pen to paper, it may not make as much sense. Um, but it, so then you have to have some government subsidies or some government help pull something like that off. Well, diesel locomotives are pretty pretty efficient in the first place. So you're you're, you're going after something that's pretty efficient, right? But is there the but is there the the infrastructure for them? Much like um, I don't want to buy an electric car to go back and forth to Indiana because I'm not sure that I could that the range would get me back right. and forth, and I'm not sure of where the charging is. Well, in the summertime, you couldn't no, turn the air on. I, I actually heard somebody, uh, there, there's a, uh, um, I forgot what the phrase was that he used for it, but it was a great phrase with respect to the anxiety associated with not being close enough to a charger and your car is losing its battery. God. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and that's the thing. You know, if I, if I was going back and forth to IU and they've got all this construction going on on 65, and I got stuck sitting still for an hour and a half, which is not beyond the realm of possibility sometimes. On the well, drive. now, if, if you had the stones to turn the car off and open the windows and not use the air conditioner, you'd be okay. Well, but eventually I'm yeah. going to have some... You know, I'm, and the, and my, where, where I was going was, in my alternative often is to take back highways just to avoid the frustration of sitting still all the time. Well, I ain't doing that in an electric car because God knows where I could possibly find, um, you know, taking the taking the highway that that kind of goes along the Illinois-Indiana border. I forgot what highway that is. Well, if, I severely doubt there is anywhere for a hundred miles. How, uh, as somebody who doesn't have one of these things, how uh, how versatile are they? If if you did take the highway and uh, all of a sudden you you stopped in front of Joe the Farmer's joint. And he has a, a huge 110 electrical cord. He says, well, I could plug it into my front porch. Can, can you, if you just have a regular old extension cord, can you eventually push one of those things up? Or I, do you have to have 220? You have to have a special I coupler? Feel like, I feel like, and I, I don't have one, so I don't know. Um, but uh, my, my feeling is that there's... Um, a rapid way to charge it, and then you can plug it in, you know, to, to a normal outlet, but it takes forever. 
Yeah, I would think that would take forever. Um, yeah. you, could, you, could you would you'd end up, you'd, you'd end up hoping that they had a, a a guest house for you. Yeah, I would think that and that's that they had all their teeth and they're not playing the banjo at you as you drive by. Yeah, it's uh, you know, <laughs> it's the, what do you so what do you make of uh? All right, we got you for another couple of minutes. We've got holiday markets today and Friday. My my guess would be, again, this is somebody who's never right, my guess would be since our momentum has been up and it'll be slow, we just kind of creep up a little bit. That would be my guess. As, as for next week, I don't know. Can we rally from here into the end of the year? I mean, how much higher can, how much higher can Adobe go? Can it go to, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's 12 times revenue now. Can it go to 20 times revenue? Maybe. Well, I, I'm going to say something that's completely contrary to, um, to, to, to something I said earlier about the small cap stocks just not fundamentally having um, the ability to catch up with large cap stocks because large because large companies can just compete them into the ground. Uh, the gap, yeah, you know, the the performance difference this year is like 15 or 16 percent S and P outperforming the Russell. That would be the most I think in this century. If we ended the year right here, do you think it? So, what percentage of that is you think the difference in the rates they both borrow money? Because that would be Carol's argument. Oh, I'm sure that has a whole uh, a lot to do with it. Uh, in fact, I talked to a professor uh, yesterday who's uh, putting together a study on capital structure relative to stock performance over the past few years. Okay, it's a night it's a nightmare project because you basically have to go company by company, um, but and and. Yeah, and see where they were from year to year, et cetera. But that—that that is, most, people are exploring that as a major factor in the performance difference this year. I'm going to so, say it'll be a fascinating study. When, how long do you think it's going to take? Uh, you know, it'll probably come out in about 2033 or so. <laughs> After it goes through all the peer review and all that. That's, that's, that's something I hate about the academic world. It'll be a, it'll I be have an idea, I write a white paper and I put it out there. Academia standard time, huh? Yep. That things don't move quick. All right. Well, so enjoy your weekend. You've got your your buddy with you till Sunday, right? The new pooch. Yeah, she's she's stopping by, and and my daughter has not even met this dog. So there's a lot of excitement for the extremely overweight, blind French bulldog named Ava that will be spending uh, Thanksgiving with us. I'd love a picture of the other two sitting in the corner seething while she's in your lap. I will. I'll make a video for you because that that's always the fir- the first round. Is oh God. what in the heck yeah. did you bring in this house? Oh, well, Audrey had her friend brought over her uh, Irish Wolfhound. He's 165 pounds, clawed. So he tries to be nice to the little Maltese. He puts his head down to say hello to her, and she tries to bite his nose. Ah, get away from me! Get away from me! What are you doing here? Get out of here! <laughs> but it takes a while. They don't. They don't. They don't like uh, interlopers too too much. Those guys. Anyway, take care of yourself. Ooh. SP features up 16. Nasdaq features up 87. Back on Friday, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727.
DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.